You're listening to Around Comics, episode 116. This is Around Comics, the comic book roundtable, where twice a week you'll hear a revolving panel of guests discuss comic books and graphic novels. On every Thursday episode, like this one, you'll hear either topic discussions, creator interviews, Comics 101, or creator spotlights. Today, among other topics, we're talking about the long relationship and shared influences of comics and music. Let's introduce today's panel. I'm Christopher Neesman, and next to me are Brian Salazar. Hello. Tom Caters. Hello. Scotty Young. Hi. <laughs> and joining us Hi. on the guest line is the lead singer and founding member of the hard rock band Monster Magnet, Mr. Dave Windorf. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> Very good. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. It's an honor to be here. So you had nothing else to do on a Friday night? No, actually, I got play. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm recording... Uh, I'm like recording samples and sounds of human pain just <laughs> to put to put on a, in the background of a of a German movie. Wow! <laughs> That'll be coming that, out for I'm, Halloween. Yeah, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a bummer, man. I mean, like you know, I had to I would spend all day sampling every kind of like horrible scream and everything, and uh, and uh, you know, after about four hours of hearing, ah, ah, I'm like, I need you know, I need to talk about comics. Well, you'll be screaming by the end of this one, so Put don't worry. Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get uh, too much further here, I want to let everyone know that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. Waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship free. Whether you're buying an absolute edition or catching up with showcases and essentials, InStockTrades.com is your new best friend. And Around Comics is recorded every Friday at 7 o'clock at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. It's located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. All right, let's uh, move on to our to our topic discussion. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the some of the influences of music and comics, and vice versa. And uh, Dave, being a uh, industry professional and in, in music and a comics enthusiast, was kind enough to join us this evening. So um, I want to start off with with some of Dave's thoughts on on bands in comics and and some of the the relationships there. Maybe even you know with Monster Magnet, which it, it's been noted that there's a lot of comic references in your music so if you can tell us a little bit of of your background and and why and how you were able to tie some comic influences into your band's work yeah well i mean you know to me it was always yeah i guess you know if you're doing it right you're supposed to write about what you love and what you don't love too and um yeah so as far as influences go the, my first like big 
impactful influences besides movies were comic books because comic books are, you know, they're a really personal thing when you're a kid. And obviously they're a person that, you know, it stays with you or we wouldn't all be here. Um, there's nothing like comic books. It's just like the first, you know, chosen literature by a child. And that stuff stays in with you forever, you know. Me and my comic books when I was a kid, I didn't even share comic books with anybody else. I didn't know anybody who read them. So they really stuck with me. And um, later on, as I grew up, I never, never not thought about them, you know. It's like, it's the comics, they're my friend. Uh, it, it wasn't really about the fantastical, the fantastical nature, Scotty, fantastical. Hey, um, it actually is a word. <laughs> I looked it up. Yeah, I did too. At first I was like, oh, you know what? The guy was totally right. I probably did just make up a word. <laughs> I posted, and then I went to the dictionary, and I was like, you know what? That's a word. Fuck Dave. <laughs> Put that not, you, not, not you, Dave, the Dave that posted and said, was making fun of me for putting a word, and I said, uh, you know what? It is a fucking word. <laughs> I was right yeah. to begin with. That's not a realistic enough word, Dick. Um, <laughs> it's not a realistic word. I, I can't buy it. I'm not buying that book. <laughs> no, but anyway, we, you know, with, with comics and, and music and stuff, um, those kind of things, they don't leave you, you know. They they really don't leave you. It's very very inspiring, and um, it, I just had no problem when writing a song. I write pretty much stream of consciousness, you know. And if Modoc wants to show up in a song, he shows up in a song. I brought that quote up today when, on the way over here. <laughs> you know, and it, it's never it's never about you know it's not about the characters or the stories. It's just about that image in your head, and. What, you know, to me, comic books always, when I was a kid, represented besides just, you know, my first, you know, thing that's all mine. Um, as I grew up, I realized, you know, comics is a place where any concept can go at any time. You know, it's just push a button and boom, everything comes out. My heroes, which used to be Spider-Man and Captain America when I was a kid, are now the people that make that stuff. And they always inspire me. It's like, wow, you know, these guys just sit there and out of their, out of their heads without too much interference from other people, come these insane concepts. Every I, month. Forever. Yeah. You know? It's like long-lived concept. Long live comics because it's pretty much the only medium that allows for that. Oh, I used to have a boss at work uh, who looked exactly how I imagined Reed Richards would look in real life. <laughs> and every time there was a meeting, the entire time I sat there, I just kept thinking... My boss looks like Reed Richards. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I couldn't get over it, but no one else at work reads co reads comics, so I could never be like, doesn't that guy look like Mr. Fantastic? <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, yeah, I know what you mean. And, you know, there's not that many people out. I mean, I know with fandom and stuff, and at least with me, it was I never met any of those people. So uh, I always felt I was privy to uh, an outrageously cool yet very, very secret world, which is really important to a kid, you know? Do you find that um, do you find that though the world of music and comics uh, maybe go together for somebody like uh, you who <clears throat> later on had a band started out as a comic fan later on uh, had you know a couple bands do you feel that it really kind of all stems from you just being a creative person being as far as uh, whether it's music drawing whatever you you gravitated towards comics as a young person because it was uh, a creative outlet. As you got older, obviously the, your creative outlet became music. Uh, do you think? Do you think that that has anything to do with you know you uh, you liking the comics as well? I mean, coming from a creative standpoint. Yeah, 
absolutely. I mean, it's like here's two mediums where um, if you're like a songwriter and, a, and a, like say a cartoonist or something, there's really not that many other people involved in, in the process. Right. So it's basically making something out of nothing, or what you what is the invitation to something out of nothing. You go into the artist, the creator goes into whatever is rattling around in their head. Right. Probably a combination of like bad, good, emotions, images, and stuff, and you drag it all out, and you just you know you just vomit it out all over the page or all over the cassette tape or, or digital whatever. Right. So I always felt. I, I didn't at first, I didn't make the, the, the connection at first, but later on, you know, as I read about, like, Jack Kirby's insane, you know, work ethic. Right. So Kirby always, like, impressed me because he was just a maniac, you know? He's just out of his mind. Um, I was like, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the shit right there. This guy is just pouring everything out that he's got without much forethought to it. Right. He doesn't have time. And same thing with rock and roll. You know, if you're really, really in it, you don't have a lot of time to make Sergeant Pepper, you know what I mean? And right. he shouldn't have enough time. I think it, it's bad. It takes too much time. And that's why I really started going, you know, these are the guys who inspire me. As much as I can, you know, watch old DVDs of Led Zeppelin on the Black Sabbath and Ramones and stuff, it's like Kirby, you know? Right. Here's this guy, you know, this little troll guy that went down to his basement every day and he came up and what he came up, you know, he had the Black Panther and Wakanda and Galactus and the Silver Server. It's like, Jesus Christ, this guy's like doing it. And he's just going into his own head. Right. Well, I so think uh, for me. I think it's uh, for me it's the reverse of, of what you just said. Where uh, as a musician, you look to uh, like you were just mentioning Kirby and that stuff to really kind of uh, put gas in your tank. And and I know for me, I can't speak for all comic book artists, but for me, music plays a huge part in getting me started with that white piece of paper every morning you know what i mean depending on what kind of scene is going to be drawn and and i know i think a lot of other artists out there could say the same thing um uh you know depending on what the tone of the sequences you're drawing or or writing even uh music plays a huge role in getting that spark started and that's where i started to realize years ago for me music playing such a big part that it really just all comes from that kid inside of that that little creative core of your kid, and it you yeah. just start kind of tying it all together in the end. Yeah, you know it's, it's stuff you don't you don't really think about it at first. The most important stuff in the world is stuff you don't think about it. You just react to it. Music is like that. You know, it's on. You either like it or not. You know, it's like oh, I like this, and then later you can put your you know studious uh, scrutinous eye on it and like ruin it. Right. But, um, right. <laughs> you know, it's the first instinct of seeing like seeing a picture seeing a painting, seeing a movie, seeing whatever, your first instinct is like, wow, you know, and that gets you going. The first 30 seconds of anything kills you, and and, and you're off. And uh, that's the way it was with images with me, and, and still, and, you know, I get psyched by comics every day. I get psyched by music every day. It's everything, you know. It's like, you know, art really is, you know, it, it, music and art, well, it's all the same, yeah. is mankind's best, you know, attribute. You know, yeah, that's absolutely. what sets us apart from everybody, from everything else. You know, we actually make it happen out of our heads, as opposed to just nature making it happen. It's pretty amazing. Well, I tell you what, Dave, I uh, I just picked up the uh, Jack Kirby Fourth World Omnibus and uh, yeah. opened up to the uh, the first page, and uh, there's a there's a quote here, and it says, "And I was thinking how the world should have cried on the day that Jack Kirby died," and. Uh, <laughs> 
and that is attributed to uh, Monster Magnet on a on a song called Melt. So, uh, first of all, uh, what was it like to uh, to put that lyric into a hard rock song? And then, second of all, how cool is it that you have your words in a Jack Kirby omnibus? Well, it's way cooler that I have my words in the Jack Kirby omnibus that I put it in the song. You know, just from a purely selfish point, I'm like, yes, I'm walking around, you know, like showing it to my family. They're like, what? You know, what are you talking about? Oh, look, I've arrived. And they're like, well, aren't you more worried about like selling your record and like doing all this stuff? And I'm like, no, no, doesn't this, matter. This is it. I've arrived. Um, I'm like, totally impressed by that. You know, it's so cool. I was gonna. I was going to ask you, uh, you had mentioned sort of uh, when you had said once you start thinking about it, you sort of ruin it. And uh, something that uh, sort of came to my mind immediately is the sort of influx of books the last couple years uh, about comic books. Like there was one I read about philosophy and comic books. And uh, I was just wondering, like, your thoughts about, you know, sometimes music, music criticism kind of ruins music a little bit. And sometimes yeah. I think it's really interesting. I think there's value both in looking at things a little bit deeper. Where would you sort of draw that line? You know, when does overthinking it become, you know, detrimental? I think it's like, it's, you know, overthinking it becomes detrimental when people use that as ammunition to get their point across. You know what I mean? It's like, I understand everything, therefore I'm going to prove you wrong. I mean, I mean, I love music journalism and I love comics journalism. You just got to think through the other side. You know, it's like, okay, we've understood all this. We understand what makes it happen. We understand what, uh, you know, what this could possibly mean, what it represents, blah, blah, blah. Comics are important and stuff. But you always have to go through the other side and realize, well, remember why you liked it in the first place. Yeah. Remember why you liked it in the first place and, and always be ready to say, well, you know, that's just a bunch of eggheads' opinions anyway. Yeah, so I, li- I like the eggheads' opinions. I mean, I really love comics and I really love music and stuff. But you got to always remember, you know, that initial spark that what got you into it. You know, if people think that way, then I just think it's, it's great. It's when people stop when they learn all the facts and they just use them as ammunition. Blah 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 blah. And then I just, I just think people just want to fight at that point. You know? Well, I also think sometimes I, I see people they think about stuff so hard that they talk themselves out of liking things. Which seems Hell sort yeah. of seems sort of backwards, you know. Like if you read something or you listen to something and you like it, and then you go back and you start nitpicking, and then all of a sudden at the end, like I and I've done it myself where I've read a book and I'm like, oh, I like that. But then I something happened where I picked out something, and all of a sudden that original feeling, because I'm mm-hmm. trying to think about it too much, I lose it, and I'm like, well, that sucks. I just ruined that book for myself. <laughs> I know, I know. That, oh, Sal no, talks I mean, me out of liking books all the time. I every day, you know. It's like, it's a very elusive thing, man, to hold on to the things that you loved. I mean, I think that's that's probably one of the biggest problems with uh, with comics growing up and getting older is that, you know, uh, well, I'm not comics growing up, but, you know, superheroes growing up, is that <clears throat> there's so many people out there that want to, like, like you guys were talking about the show the other day, Realism in Comics. There's so many people that want to legitimize the fact that they read comics that they literally try to hammer and nail it and crowbar all the fun out of them, you know. God damn it, this is real, you know. And and I don't I don't have any problem with the realism, whatever that is in comics, but when you can see the sweat, when you can actually feel them trying too hard, it's that's not cool. 
It's like, you know, you're supposed to take me away in this story. You're not supposed to, like, lay out your, your purpose in, in front of me. It, it, uh, gets, it gets me down, you know? It's interesting to watch, but, um, you know, there's some, some writers that can really, really do it, man. They're very aware of what they're doing. They're very aware of, of uh, you know, the criticism that's going to take, but they don't care, and they just keep throwing your curveballs, you know, mm. which is the way it should be. Well, I always, you know, I always thought there was a... I remember the first time I read, like, the Burn stuff, and when Burn tried to serve, like, uh, the Superman stuff, where he tried to, like, give Superman's powers all, like, sort of a scientific basis, and it was kind of yeah. cool, but then it got kind of overboard, and then after a while, you're like, well, I mean, I don't need to know why Superman flies. I, 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 you know, I, I, like, know. I'm okay with it. Uh, he can fly. I bought, you know, I bought the book. I'm okay with right. Superman, <laughs> you know, flying. And sometimes that stuff sort of like gets to me a little bit when people yeah. do just a little I, I too hate, much. I hate when they do that because it just invites me to use my brain to work against them. It's like, all right, well, you started this shit. You know, you, you tried to explain it scientifically. Well, now I'm going to finish it. And you know something? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to be right. I'm going to like bum myself out because you started me down this path of investigating why it's real or not. And instead of the writer trying to like dazzle me with... <sighs> their own pseudo-logic that I could never figure out. They actually give me a roadmap to find out where they're wrong. I don't want them to do that, you know? It's like, you know, you had me. You had me at page one. Why would you give me that kind of inroad to find out what's wrong with you? Well, um, I was, that just reminded me of a, there is a, a do you read Fantastic Four? The, uh, I haven't read the new ones, no. Okay. Uh, they're really good. The uh, the McDuffie stuff's really good, but there's a lot of internet debate about a scene involving uh, Black Panther putting Silver Surfer in an arm lock, and people sort of <laughs> arguing about yeah. whether or not that was possible. And it sort of struck me like the fact that um, <laughs> in comic books, the that sometimes people place, and it happens in like every genre, where people place the parts before the story. Oh, but, yeah, like yeah. it's more important that all the parts make sense more than it makes for, like, a dramatic end. You know, I saw people arguing about, you know, in 52 they changed Black Adam's, you know, name, the, the word he would say to get his powers, and people were like, well, if they really wanted him to not get his powers, they would change it to a 56-word letter. And I'm like, well, that's going to be a shitty ending <laughs> to his story. You know, because you got to remember, they're still telling stories. So yeah, that's how it's... Yeah, you know, check, please. You know, I mean, that's the kind of guy in the comic book store I say, okay, you know, I just turn around and, like, look at another book. I'm like, okay, I used to work in a comic store, and uh, I managed a comic book store for like five years and I used to get that and I was just like you know like a coyote I wanted to eat my own arm off you know to get out of the conversation because I'm never going to have any fun in conversation with people like that I think that started you know that all started with with Stan Lee um, you know in this brilliant probably brilliant and, and not very planned move of bringing so called realism into comics you know he had a run there in Marvel from about 61 to about 67 or 68, it was really brief, where he moved in real time. He, it was a novelty back then. You know, he moved in real time. People graduated from high school and went into college. They got married. They had babies. Nobody ever did that comics before. And the whole world of, of <clears throat> comic book lovers, which was growing because of the 60s you know, enthusiasm for pop art, um, really latched on to it and said, wow, look, they're doing something different with the comic books. It's not just Dondi, you know, like fighting, 
you know, a bad guy every every week and then escaping or whatever. And um, people held on to that like grim death. You know what I mean? Like grim death. And then they started picking out. Stan Lee gave the no prize to people who um, who figured out what was wrong. But it was all very funny. Um, but then it got not funny anymore. You know, and then the fans, you know, probably at this point, stoned out and on acid, were looking for hidden meanings in everything and, and looking for explanations in everything. And meanwhile, the guys up there at, you know, Madison Avenue doing the comics were like, ah, fuck it. We don't care. And that's when, that's when the tail started to wag the dog a little bit. And the, and the people that came into Marvel and DC after that in the 70s, in that crazy Bronze Age stuff where anything goes, you could tell those guys were really, really trying hard to carry on that that legacy of continuity, and it was just a, a disaster. It was a huge disaster. It took 35, 40 years for, for people like Jeff Johns to get a handle on that stuff. You know, the guys that come out now, like Johns and some other people, they really know. They know how to dodge the bullet, you know, that, that crazy bullet. Well, I think that a lot of those guys that came in the Bronze Age were also sort of the first generation of your, like, hardcore fan that yep. became, you know, a writer. It was, that wasn't their, you know, in the 70s and 80s, you started getting a lot more guys, that wasn't their second choice. You know, it wasn't like they ended up in comics. Yeah, you know, yeah, right, that was, yeah. right. That was what they wanted to do. So you, you show up, and all of a sudden you have all these ideas in your own head about, mm-hmm. like, how you want to do things. And no one's there to you know, stop you. Yeah, oh, no, no, definitely, man. I mean, they were the first generation. That, you know, and that was the first time kids were back in comics since the 1940s. You know, it's interesting, that, you know, it's interesting to note, like, in when, when the comic book was first sold, like, in 1938, I think, was the first actual comic, original comic books that we know them as today, they were, it was all kids. Because... They couldn't be like the strip guys, like Hal Foster and all those guys. Those guys were making a million bucks, and they were in the papers, and they were legitimate. You know, they couldn't be those guys, and they were they were kids that were taken advantage of by basically pulp publishers, who got them in sweatshops and said, "Do it, you know, make up anything you want, you know, it's it's selling." And for the next, I don't know how many years, but all the way up to the seventies, there were no kids in comics. They were all guys that fought in World War Two. You know? And then obviously you, you know, get Jim the Shooter. The whole Silver Age, <laughs> the whole Silver Age, the most psychedelic and probably one of the most potent creative times in comics. Um, you know, given all, given all its restrictions, given all its restrictions, still one of the most potent and magical times was all created by guys in their fifties. Isn't that insane? Well, I also, you know? I, Jack Kirby was fifty-five when he was doing, uh, you know, Galactus and stuff. So. When the, when the kids came back, finally, they let them back in, you know, um, in the 70s, they were just totally bursting with all these, like, crazy ideas and stuff, but they were totally psyched up by Stan Lee and the whole continuity thing, the, you know, so-called realism comics, and they just went into it whole hog, and, and some of it was great, some of it was absolutely awful. I think it, the, the reason Marvel had so many editors at that time is they, they just couldn't deal with the, the fact that comics really... You know, it, in order to make comics real, you have to be really, really uh, aware that they're unreal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's like smoke and mirrors, you know? Let's pretend it's the imitation of change, but not real change. Well, an interesting thing about, you know, mentioning the fact that all the guys that were doing those sort of crazy psychedelic things were in their 50s, you know, sort of yeah. like tying it to music. 
sometimes when you see like something really interesting come out of music or in any sort of art form I feel like sometimes it's because the people that are making it actually don't know what the people buying it really want so they, can't, yeah. they don't know how to cater it to them oh, so absolutely. they come up with something weirder that, that you know that seems out of touch but it actually it sort of like misses one way or another and sometimes it works really well and sometimes it works really badly Oh, but it's always interesting, isn't it? Yeah. You know? it's, it's like, that's why right now, today, in the last 15 years since the like, massive corporatization of radio and rock music, why well, there isn't that much interesting things? Because everybody knows, you know, how to get to the top of the mountain. You know, you get yourself an entertainment lawyer, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's all kind of like uh, sketched out. In the late 60s, and in the 50s too, I mean, it's go through all different ages there was there was times where uh, the corporations knew that music was selling but they didn't know why so they just went out and signed everybody and said i don't know what you kids are doing but you you know just start making music and put it out and they put it out like pretty much unedited unfucked with you know, these large swaths of decades of music of just bands going berserk this is Gene Colon, and you are listening to Around Comics. I had a conversation with my neighbors the other day with about music, and we tied it to comic books as well. And I wanted to actually, I'd like to hear everybody's thoughts on this. But um, just like what you guys were just talking about with catering to people and not knowing how to make things, uh, Sal and I have talked a bunch. Of, I think everybody's had the conversation about how to where younger generations are finding their comic books. I, I feel that uh, tying back into what you were saying about the, the, the corporations taking over everything on the music side as well, we were, we were bringing up how younger generations of kids nowadays are – I'm trying to figure out how they're getting exposed to music on a natural level where you know generations and generations before us, including us, had – you know, a million radio stations. You know, we, we yeah. did, you know, we did have the Old, MTVs. The friends, VH. older brothers and sisters. Right. Yeah. But you know, now, <laughs> now with the fact that on, I mean, I am, I am of the generation where I, I came around right when MTV started, uh, started out as a true music station. Uh-huh. Obviously, we all know what it's become, but uh, it seems little by little, all the places that that people. At, at a young age, find the music that they're going to grow to love, or at least their gateway music that they're going to then find other things uh, are being taken away. If you turn on the radio, even in Chicago, as big a city as we have, I mean, I've really the radio, never the radio heard, here is horrible. I mean, it's awful. I, literally, you know, five, six songs on a complete rotation all day long, and we only have two or three stations that are anything to do with I music. Know, I know. Uh, it's just like, you got to be kidding me. You the, know? Obviously, the TV music stations are gone, but I feel that uh, that's another, nothing to do with each other, but also I feel like both realms of creativity are in that same block where we're at a place in comics where we've we've been creating comics from inside a bubble and selling them with inside of our own bubble for so long that I'm wondering how younger generations are being exposed to comics the same way Without radio, without without music on your television, without all that, how are kids being exposed to music? Two words for you: the internet. Well, on no, both but, accounts. But, on both accounts. But even that, yeah. s- even that, still is 
like I was saying before, I, I made sure I said like in an organic way, mm-hmm. where that's still searching things out. If you don't know to search something out, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. Let's 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 yeah. say Monster Magnet for well, example. Here, I'll, I'll tell you uh, just from my own experience as a parent. Right. Uh, my daughter is four now, and mm-hmm. she's starting to get into music. Does she love Clutch? Uh, no, she doesn't love Clutch. Yeah. She she listens to. I mean, uh, I like Clutch. <laughs> oh, I got their new album. It's so good. Yeah, I know. I I, I know this guy. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, she listens to the most you know pop stuff that's on you know that is on the radio what's on the radio or what's on television what's you know i mean what she's most exposed to and right. it's you know whether it's uh you know this month it's Shakira or you right. know or whatever it may be uh but i think it does you know it's like she's not that's all her entire experience with music right. you know and it's like uh like me you know growing up i was ex- i was exposed to like hard rock you know mm-hmm. stuff like uh from my older sisters and their boyfriends and their friends, you know, stuff like Zeppelin and and Sabbath and you know ah. that gen, you know that that which was was way you know beyond my age group. I mean, right. it was it was well, older, that, yeah, than, but that's what I got exposed to early, and then I grew from that into you know more punk stuff, and then from punk and you know, and, well, but it was a natural be, you're, you're sort of. You're always going to have you're always going to have friends and siblings that expose you to their music that they love. But I just I think that I feel that there's a, a smaller window yeah. of of self choosing because places. the other side of it where it's pushed on them when I was is yeah. so much bigger now when I was a kid and it's the same I used stuff to take a, a a boom box or whatever you want to call it and I used to have a stack of blank tapes and I would just put a tape in at the beginning of the day and just record the radio right. all day every day for months. And I would, at the end, then I would go and take that and scan through it, and I would be, no, I'm not saying it's all good music. I did right. that, too. But that's how I found, like, what's this? Right, what and this? then you would go and yeah. search it out. And yeah, then you and would... then as I got older, I would do the same thing in different ways. Then all of a sudden, I bought a car, and I was able to travel for 100 miles well, and go, have you heard, I'd play him a clip on a cassette tape, like, I don't know who this band is, could you, you know? Well, I think almost... Um, you know, sort of a side of that, or, or, you know, a part of that also is the creativity. And, like, Dave, what you were saying about how, you know, it's like musicians today or, you know, whatever, entertainers, they know how to make, uh, you know, millions of dollars. They know how to... Uh, well, they, so, they know how to try to make it. Right. Well, they, yeah, they, 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 they know how it's... They, you know, it's like, and if they really knew how to do it, then you'd see cool shit push through the system, but they think they know how to do right. it, which is even worse. Well, they know the formula. They know... They think exactly. they know. You they know think what I mean? there is a formula. Well, but there is kind of a formula because it is like corporate... Uh, it's, you know, it's corporate um, mandated. You right. know what I mean? Well, it's like it's this is... Always, you know, the formula isn't always isn't always the music. The formula, you know, in, in, the, in the age of the art of the deal, the formula isn't how... You know how to make your connections and all that stuff. You know, right? Right. That never used to be a big, you know, a big deal amongst band members. They never used to do that. Now you got a lot of band members and uh, <clears throat> who are spending more time on selling their shit than they are on making it. Right. And that's why you see a lot of really, really successful rock bands, and you go, "Why?" You're like, "I don't get this." You're like, "I <laughs> can't believe this would have such universal appeal." And it's like because they peeled it, they dealt it. You know. And so there's all kinds of other stuff going on besides the creativity. Well, that, uh, creativity in the artistic. That goes on in comics as well. I mean, you'll see yeah. you'll see us uh, you'll see editors and people online talking about a project for eight nine months in a row, and then when it's time to actually 
sit down to create that uh, piece of art. You know, it take uh, thirty days. You know. <laughs> well, you know that brings up a really good point that I wanted to talk about because I remember uh, reading an interview about a musician, a band. I don't remember who it was or whatever, but you know they had put out like uh, their first album and it was uh, really successful and uh, and critically acclaimed and everything. And then you know like. Uh, nine months later, they put out their second one, and and you see it a lot. You know, nine like this, months. Well, you know that's what I mean. Insane. Well, that's the thing, and it's like, um, but think, you know, what and and what? Well, what the guy said was, was you know, DMX. it's like, it's like, well, you know, my first album, I was thinking about that for years. ten years, yeah. and that's what I had in my head for ten years before I finally got it out, uh, you know, and oh, made an yeah, album. And I, now it's like, it, you know, I got to do the same thing in nine months or whatever it may take, and <laughs> oh, like. And like I went through that. It was like, holy shit. I was like, oh, my God, you know. Um, that, yeah, it happens all the time. I guess that's what separates the men from the boys, as they used to say, you know. Um, <laughs> but it, but, but just it, it, it's sort really of... It's interesting how, how what happens to bands, you know, and, and comic guys and, and all creators. It's like, you know, when they step up to that plate, sometimes really, really cool, cool stuff happens. And then sometimes you fold. Well, Dave, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, kind of bring bringing things back to comics, and, and we had actually talked about this a few days ago. Um, I you, hate my freedom. You, you see different bands out there, whether it's you know Kiss or you know D. Snyder has a comic project, and and <laughs> Ger- Gerard Way <laughs> is is working on a, on a comic, which is actually very good. Um, <laughs> have you ever thought about? You know, kind of taking your your two passions of of music and comics, and and, and trying to to bridge that. Do you have any interest in in working on a comic project? Because you're a very creative person that's obviously very enthusiastic about comics. Oh gee, I I, I think uh, you know. To me, I don't like people. I, I mean, I never appreciated when someone would try to. To use their uh, uh, use their celebrity to to like kind of like bum rush another medium. Yes. Um, it, I always thought that was really uncool. So I'd really be too embarrassed to do that. You know, um, to say, hey, look, uh, because I'm because I'm in a rock band and I'm creative means I can do comics also. Well, that's um, our, our industry <laughs> opens the door too fast for any yeah. you know anybody that has any kind of balls in another industry. They're like, come on in. Same thing. I we need a couple of dollars. Like you know, boy, comics, boy, sure is the most most insecure industry in the world. Like we like movies, you know. If the movies are doing good, okay, we'll draw the comics like the movies. Yeah. And and it, we'll even put movie stars as the characters. You know. Right. That's a whole other thing. You know. The same <laughs> thing in accounting. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ed Brubaker. When I'm not waiting for the trade, I like to listen to a Round Comics podcast. Well, Dave, uh, I tell you what, what's because uh, I know that you, you you love getting the comics every week. You're you're hooked now. You're back in the game. So, uh, what have you uh, what have you been reading lately that you're really enjoying? Uh, you know, I've I, I read so many comics now. It's like insane. And you know why? You know why I read so many comics now? Around comics, that's why. <laughs> oh, you uh, suck I, up. I, I, I found your show, right? And you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even watch TV hardly. I just read like novels and I just make music and stuff. And I listen to you guys, and I was like, holy shit, I'm, I'm back. You know, these guys are dragging me back in. And since then, I've just been pretty much following what you guys talk about. Did you read Black and, Sad? <laughs> and he, yeah, black, yeah, I know Black said, you know, I know all the, I know the European stuff. Oh, and, damn. Uh, yes. I've been my whole life, you know, so what I've been reading lately, 
my heart stays with superheroes for some reason. Maybe I don't know why. I like to. I like the execution of the books. I like the whole. Uh, I like the way the industry handles things, good or bad. So I'll follow the line. You know, like I followed the I, I followed the line, like DC DC's line of comics and Marvel's line of comics in the last couple of years of the last couple of years, all of which I read in the last six months, by the way. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, in stock trades, like, you know, is now empty because of me. Have you had the so problem yet? i all that stuff, and I just, I just love to look at everybody's stuff, and I love to see where it clicks in. Now, obviously, I have my favorites, you know. Um, <clears throat> there's, you know, almost all of Alan Moore's stuff you really can't go wrong with. Um, you know, the masters, you know, and I could go on forever. But lately I've been, I've been digging, um, DC, a lot of DC stuff, uh, just because it's so out there and it's funny and it's, it's over the top and it's funny at the same time. I can't ignore the Marvel stuff because. That's right, baby. <laughs> it, it, it's, immediate. Of it, it's immediate, you know, it demands attention. It's like from anybody who's read comic books, I, I gotta see what happens. It may not like give me a good feeling. You know, it's like the Marvel, the bummer age of, of comics. Or the Michael Bay of comics, baby. You're like the bummer age of Marvel. But there's um, a lot of cool Marvel stuff uh, sort of under that bummer, like the all the Jeff Parker stuff he's been doing with, like, Agents of Atlas. Hey, and, man, it's all, all the stuff that doesn't, like, play into their, their normal stuff is the best. Like Ant-Man, Heroes for Hire, Agents, Agents of Atlas... Um, all the stuff that no one seems to be paying that much attention to or ha happens like uh, separately, awesome. It's like Absolutely all, awesome. All the Jeff Parker stuff just yeah. seems to like fly. Uh, X-Men First Class has been really good because it mm -hmm. totally avoids all the like uh, bad stuff of that X-Men's built up over <laughs> like 40 years. Right. So, I mean, it avoids all that, and it's really funny. Like the last issue was great. I was blown yeah, away. Yeah, I, mean, I love when, you know, the, the best The best is one of these guys, when a really good writer, and like, you know, when asked about what I read, I can never remember. I, mean, it's, I can never remember because I'm like, oh, I better answer this right. You're like, I have <laughs> to pick the right one. When the stuff takes a left turn, when it should have made a right turn, is when I really, really like it. You know? I'm like, wow, you know, what's going on here? This is insane. Like, you know, where's the editor? You know, and the editor's like, smoking to join the bathroom or what something. Happened? I'll tell you where they're really fucking cool. at. Um, <laughs> it's, there's so much good stuff coming out now. Um, I was it, it, it demands a lot of attention. If, if you've ever been into comics, boy, the last, like, I was talking to Chris about this the other day, because I, I was like, when did it get good again? You know, when did this happen? I never stopped buying comics, but I stopped buying new comics because I couldn't understand what was going on. Yeah. And he was like, well, you know, you know out, of, out of the ashes of, you know, the, the later image years um, with, like, authority... Um, planetary and stuff like that when on all these like basically children of Miller and children of, of Moore you know the, the people that were inspired by Alan Moore and Frank Miller almost exclusively the superhero genre those guys have have like literally brought this really really cool vibe you know to superhero books just when you thought you, could, you couldn't do anything else with a superhero book they, they pull it out Cool. So that I, mean, I follow that stuff. And independence, I'm always up for. You know, I'm I always reading independence. There's not that much difference between independence and, and majors anymore. Everybody's you know everyone's got their hand in something. So would you uh, consider yourself obviously from from a story standpoint? Do you, 
do you consider yourself more of a writer guy or an artist guy? Tread, tread very carefully artist, here. I'm, yeah, Dave. I don't, I don't guy. give a fuck how many people you played songs in front of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I've always been an artist guy. You know why? Yeah. Up, up until Alan Moore, I was always an artist guy because right. I think up until Alan Moore, I don't think anyone really thought about. that strongly about tailoring their words to the art. Right. And what it comes down to this, if they were to fire every writer in comics tomorrow, there would be comics next week. Yeah. If they I'm were to badass. fire every artist in comics tomorrow, there'd be no comics next week. Right. You know what I mean? No, you're exactly <laughs> you know? right. It's like, hey, a really, really good artist, the way they, they were trained, the way that Stan Lee trained them, which, you know, like it or not, he trained those guys to tell a story. Whether they, I mean, he took guys that didn't know how to tell a story and made them tell a story. They had to. If, if an artist is good enough, which most of them I believe are, he can lay out something that, I don't want to say a two-year-old, you know, <laughs> um, not a monkey, no, that somebody with the right spirit to go in and dialogue over and to you and I and probably most other people would say hey that's a pretty decent comic I've done it many times my friend <laughs> yeah. you know now you know I don't want to put writers down because you know obviously writers are you know paid a lot to come up with cool ideas and a lot of them but uh, you know I think writers are more more in charge of direction you know, I mean, they're in charge of direction, of planning out what's going to happen over the course of all this time. Um, you know, obviously, my, my favorite my favorite kind of comics are usually done by writer artists. You know, the all in one package. Because they, obviously, it's a, vision. it's a lot pure vision. Right. Um, but I was always driven by art. Well, I tell you, know? you we, uh, we did an episode, this has been out. Uh, last year sometime and we called it uh, um, writer artist character and we all kind of picked a, a, a writer and an artist and a character that that we follow or that we will you I know just just put it in the bank and, and we're going to get it so uh, i tell you pick a pick a writer pick an artist and pick a character that really no matter what it is you're going to go out and get it oh uh alan moore um uh, as a writer I'll always follow what what he writes um by artists, there's too many. Um, Don't say it's a Scott. character. Scotty Young. No, <laughs> yeah, if you, no. It, that's Nick a bad Fury. move, buddy. Nick as a character, I'll always follow. Nick Fury. I think Nick Fury is a great idea. You know, it, it's it's a great idea. It's a, it's a really 20th century idea that's turned into a 21st century idea. Are you a bit frustrated now? On going, you know, um, and artists, there's just too many to count, man. There's Who's the one you get many. the? Who's the one you're most excited about when they're on a project? I like Frank Quitely right now. Ooh, which by the way is pronounced Quitely, you guys. It's not quietly. It's Quitely. Well, that's not his quietly. real name anyway. Now, now da <laughs> no, Dave, that's what I mean. Yeah. Didn't we just have a big long discussion about how much we love Darwin Cook? Darwin Cook is awesome. I mean, he's just absolutely awesome. And he's, you know, he's the ultimate consummate cartoonist. He breaks everything down. Everything down to what's most important with the least amount of lines. Economy of line is the, probably one of the most impressive things in cartooning. And when I say cartooning, I mean comic books and all that kind of stuff, because that's all it is. Um, you know, if a guy could pull off the amount of motion that Darwin Cook does with as little lines as he does, I mean, you know, he's, he's a genius, you know? And it's like, Jesus Christ, look what he's doing, you know? 
um, it's it's amazing how I, these people could do that. And some of you know there has been people that have have had advanced the shorthand so much so. Jack Kirby was one of those guys. Yeah, because comic books was born as a shorthand medium. That's one of the, a lot of the reasons why I enjoyed it in the first place. You knew these guys were on a deadline. You know, they had to invent shorthand. You know, how can you get this across in in, in the fastest amount of time? I'm glad that um, you. I'm glad that you brought up the the calling it cartooning because uh, it, a, a thing that I've been battling in my six years of, of uh, drawing for Marvel is the the criticism of he's too cartoony and I think it to be funny because in the history of comic books it was always called cartooning you know you are a cartoonist you're too cartoony uh, for cartoony but we're yeah we're actually at a point now where I'm which you know and that's when I say well cartoony is not a motherfucking word <laughs> that is not in the dictionary <laughs> but uh, it's in my lexicon yeah yeah so but I am very I'm very glad that you brought up the cartoonist uh, because that's what I've always thought of it as. Uh, as, as a cartoonist, if you ask John Byrne what he considered his, his, considers his career, he'll say, "I'm a cartoonist." Yes, and you yeah, know, it's uh, you know, That's Andy. Not a dirty word. No, no, God, no, wrong, you know? no, no. Cartoonist no, is not a dirty word. No. And plus, you know, when people say, and I, I hate that when I mean, it's like people throw out blanket statements like it's too cartoony. Right. Well, guess what? What, car- what cartoon are you talking about? Right, right. You, you know, are you talking about a Tex Avery cartoon? Are you talking about Underdog? Are you know, like what? Right. You know, you talking about anime. But yeah, no, I I, I just wanted to put out that uh, that props for uh, for calling it car- cartooning. That's all. Oh yeah, well, you know, it's like with um, like anything, um, uh, people tend to to I don't know, they want more legitimacy out of out of what they're reading and yes. you know what they're standing up for, and it's like you know, dude, you don't have to really. Yeah. You know, you don't have to really side with anyone. I mean, the best thing about comics is anything goes. Exactly. You know? So we started this conversation. Anything goes, man. If you want to be a Norman Rockwell, go ahead and do it. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I mean, this stuff has to come out every month anyway. And you've got a million titles. Hey, you know, just pull out those stops. I don't care what it is. If it works, it works. It's fucking right. awesome. You could have a Darwin Cook next to a John Cassidy. You know, I mean, it's awesome. You know, it's, it's when it works. You know, it's funny. You know, when it works, nobody really complains. No. It's when it doesn't work that they really complain. And people will complain endlessly when it works or doesn't work. Well, I mean, that's a whole other episode, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're you're dead ass right there. <laughs> Comic book people complain more than anybody else, and I have a theory on that. Tell do, me do they complain more than the more than music fans? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a theory on the on the why comic books fans fans complain it's because the monthly nature of comic books and <clears throat> what used to be the letter section which is now the internet they actually because it comes out every month and they know it's a work in progress they always think in the back of their minds they can actually make a difference yeah. like if they scream long and loud enough somebody will actually listen to them and change the story do you know how many emails I get? That's what it is I get so many emails every month on that exact same thing with people act literally an email saying that I need to change this appearance or the height or the style of Add haircut. a skateboard. Yeah, like literally, and they, and they are not joking. It's not uh, just no, a, they're not joking, man. They're not going, oh, you really draw cool. I'd love to see it. They literally are, are making a plea. Can you please bring this, can you please bring this back? 
Uh, I used to love it. I want you to do it. Or I want this or that. And I'm always like, It's kind of cute in its own mutant way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, they really like the characters. All right, get the fuck out of here. Um, uh, You know, I I never felt that way. I was, like, totally, like, uh, impressed. I was like, you know, whatever these guys want to throw at me, I mean, I'm ready. You know, I'm a total, I'm a willing... Uh, a willing recipient of 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 their mastery of of, of the form, and if I didn't like it, uh, you know, I told them in, in the best way possible. I just didn't buy it. Yeah. You know, I never complained about it. I mean, you know, I talked to to people about what I didn't like about it or whatever, whether it be a movie or nothing. But I would never, ever in a million years think of like writing a letter to the editor. This sucks. This is what you should do. Well, yeah. I was just more interested in finding stuff that I liked than finding stuff that I didn't like. Okay. That being said, no, no. here's what Monster Magnet should do. <laughs> <laughs> well, spe- hey, speaking of Monster Magnet, uh, what's going on with with the band? What's uh, I, I I heard you may have some. Uh, oh yeah, well, it, it, uh, um, I just finished the uh, the new Monster Magnet record. It's called Four Way Diablo, and uh, <laughs> and that's going to come out sometime around October, I believe. Very and nice. uh, and it, it, what else? What else am I doing? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing the a soundtrack for a German like a like a it's like a retro German expressionist movie. Um, it's real oddy, you know. I like the odd. Um, and I do a lot of work in Europe. Weird stuff like TV commercials, um, movies. Uh, it's cool over there. Europe is really really cool. Um, I did some stuff for Hollywood. I worked for Warner Brothers for a while. I did some uh, some incidental music for some crappy movies. Um, <laughs> I love Varsity Blues. What are you talking about? Are you making fun of fucking Varsity? <laughs> no, I love that movie. You make fun of that. We're fighting. <laughs> no, I don't want your lie. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh yeah, that yeah, was yeah. terrible. Yeah, that was <laughs> that <yeah>. movie is <laughs> unbelievably horrible. Oh, and, uh, Jesus Christ. I was like, hey, man, I just want, the, I want to get the experience, you know? So, uh, you know, I worked on it and did a bunch of music, and it was cool. Well, like weren't it. you actually in a couple of movies as yourself? Um, I don't know. I mean, they put Monster Magnet in a couple of movies, so my face has been seen in a couple of movies. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, here and there. Well, well, you got you, you do have to tell the story real quick before we let you go. Um, you've been in, in in an issue of Daredevil, right? Uh, Spider Man. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Spider Man. Okay. Yeah, Fuck yeah you, Chris. I mean, this was like you know the, the, the Brad Morrison thing in the in the in the fourth world thing is like awesome, and but it's the second time I ever like made it to the pinnacle of of a comic mutant fandom. You know, <laughs> when I was in a band called Shrapnel a million years ago in New York. We met Denny O'Neill, and me being a big comic freak, started talking Denny O'Neill's ass off about this. And he's like, you know, I'm going to bring down uh, uh, this guy that does Daredevil, and his name is Frank Miller. I was like, yeah, I know who that is, you know, blah blah blah. And he came down, and he was doing this is when Frank Miller was doing Daredevil, and he was going to do a, a spectacular Spider-Man annual. So he comes out of CBGB's and we're playing. I'm talking to him, and the next thing you know, him and Danny O'Neill said, "How would you like to be in in Spider-Man?" And I was like, "Fuck, this is awesome!" And goddamn it, they didn't do it, man. We got like two pages out of that. <laughs> wow! And I was just absolutely freaked out. And the thing I remember about it the most, and this is the most horrible thing, is that I sat down with Frank Miller before he was like, you know, totally huge, and just 
blathered on to him drunkenly how much I like Gene Colan better than him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, um, I was like, you know, this is before I had any kind of like, uh, you know, any kind of manners. I'm drunk, I'm a punk, you know, a punk rocker, and I'm sitting there like, dude, man, you know, drunk, you know, you're good and stuff, but it's real scratchy. <laughs> kind of scratchy like Colin was so fucking cool I mean, can't you do another book besides Daredevil and he was just really really nice guy about it <laughs> yeah. ass yeah until he walked away from you fucker <laughs> you fuck on the last time I put you in a fucking comic book <laughs> well Dave I tell you what this was uh, this episode was really kind of an excuse to get people introduced to you because we love talking comics with you and I'm sure this will just be the, the first of many times that you're uh, that you're on the show to, to talk uh, comics with us and, and we should mention that you know the, yeah this we've been talking with Dave for a while now uh, completely sort of out of the blue that he you know uh, well he actually emailed me uh, um with some criticism for the show, <laughs> yeah. he would never send. Yeah. He would never he would send never. a letter to a letter to the editor, but right. us, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he also happens to be a, a, a fan of our oh, show man. and a, a listener of our show, and so we started talking, and, and then we found out uh, uh, um, that he was uh, in, you know, uh, the lead singer of Monster Magnet, and and also a huge comic book fan. So that's sort of how it all evolved. I got but. a letter from Jesus with criticisms. <laughs> Wait, you're not living from up heaven. to your life. Was that yeah. <laughs> You're fucking it all up, tax man. <laughs> Jesus said, I soon swear so much so kids can listen to the show. <laughs> I'm sorry about the criticism of the show. I, I couldn't help myself. You know, I, I, I never get like this. Um, no. You shouldn't yeah, be sorry. Yeah, no, never. It was like that band. You guys reminded me of a rock band. <laughs> you know, it's got all these different personalities and you're doing this thing. And I was just like, I can't keep my mouth shut. I, I, that never happened before. I never wrote a letter. That was the first letter I ever wrote to any anything. Well, I think that's because I just love the show so much. Well, you know, Tom's girlfriend is sitting in the corner right now. Yeah, my Asian She's girlfriend, what? Yoko. Yes, yes. Tom, Tom's Tom's girlfriend is is here right now. So that, uh, well, the all over I record in a separate room from the rest of them. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's made of platinum and diamonds. Well, it's I, safe the room. Trick is to get the, the trick is to get any kind of uh, commitment out of Tom. You have to have her in the room at the same time, <laughs> so he doesn't like uh, start trying to like play both sides against the middle. Well, I, I for one am glad that you did uh, email us and and that we got to know you and, and talk with you. So I was uh, don't I, when he called me and told me, I did have a little bit of a freak out moment because, <laughs> uh, like you said about uh, comics before music, I was the opposite. I was I was super super into music long long before I ever discovered comics. So. Uh, I was like, "Oh my God, for real!" <laughs> he was. Uh, I, I think you know. I, I think you'd be surprised, man, how many how many musicians are, are into comics. You know, I mean, it's been going on forever. Like I was telling Sal on the phone today, it's like, you know, Elvis, Elvis designed the Elvis look after the TCB, the Thunderbolts, TCB, yeah, the Thunder, and the hairdo. <laughs> it, it was like he had to, his sketch pads of, of him, you know, of like Captain Marvel Jr. Like this is what I want to be. That's weird that he would pick Captain Marvel Jr. Yeah, why why Jr.? Because he was sick, um, goddammit. He looked cool. I think it was Mac Rabboy's art. Yeah. He looked a lot cooler. And he had a cowlick. That's he true. He was a little hipper looking. I think Captain Marvel himself looked more like Fred McMurray from My Three Sons. I saw, I, we, we have an Elvis moment on just about every yeah, episode. As well, we should. Yeah. I'm drinking... Yeah cough syrup out of a champagne flute right now so I'm having my Elvis moment 
<laughs> hey, you know, you know that tape you guys got with the rip it out by the root? Yes. Um, I've got a ton more stuff. I all from the same session and stuff. It's got to be three hours worth of stuff. It's I, insane. I also have a lot. That isn't nearly as much as I have. I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend gets so pissed. She went to Nashville. Uh, she went to Memphis on a road trip last summer. So I made um, her and her girlfriends a mix CD of my own personalized Elvis concert that mixed nice. songs with those interludes. <laughs> and oh, they oh never listened. I'll give it to you. They never listened to it. Because there's all kinds of great stuff like uh, him getting confused and saying, like, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to do Hound Dog now. And then, like, <laughs> another song. Or rushing through Fool's Rush In, like doing a version of that in about a minute 20. Well, I mean, I say, don't the fool else, you know? Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he, he, you know, some guy is like, well, the barbiturates are, are like, you know, flowing down into his feet while the speed's flowing into his yeah. head. And, you know, he's like, his heart's pumping. And he's, ah! Him demanding yeah. someone to take his belt off because it's too tight. <laughs> Belsy time, man. Uh, that's not it's strange. Have you ever done anything like that uh, on stage, <laughs> Dave? Any crazy? God uh, damn, my tooth hurts. <laughs> what? Uh, I just pissed myself. What the hell? <laughs> oh, oh, man, you, you have no idea. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the, one, the one great thing about rock and roll is that you get to do everything you always wanted to do when you were 17 years old, and you do it like well into your 30s. <laughs> and I mean everything, you know. And um, you know. Uh, Speaking of, of rock, you know, one more influence really quick is that, you know, it's the Peter Parker syndrome with, with rock and roll. I always felt that myself. I was like, hey, you know something? This is like being, well, it's kind of a superhero that doesn't save anybody. A selfish superhero. <laughs> Basically, you could be like Peter Parker, you know, during the day, you're like Peter Parker. And, you, and then when you go out on stage, you're Spider-Man. Um, it, the alter ego thing is huge in rock and roll. It has a lot to do with comics. Well, Dave, I tell you, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up for the evening, but I promise we're gonna have you back again soon. So, oh, keep... awesome! Thanks a lot, you guys. I, oh. mean, I really appreciate it. You know, I, it's it's awesome to be here. Oh man! Well, keep sending us topic ideas. And, keep criticizing and that, us. Yeah, yeah, we need them. We're we're, we're 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 running we're running uh, thin on ideas. So you gotta oh, you gotta pick us up, man. Great, tons of great ones. <laughs> He's gonna be a, the new producer. <laughs> I can sell you guys too as a package. Okay, you got your round comics and you got your shit house hot dogs. Okay, you gotta pick them both. Those are the old newsstand guys. Dude. Uh, right. I'm so hungry. I don't yeah. like when people mention food on the show. <laughs> All right, have a good night, Dave. Thanks a lot, you guys. Later All right, day. Day. thanks. Take it easy. Bye bye. And we'd like to thank Mr. Dave Windor for sitting in on the panel today. I think you'll be hearing uh, Dave in, in future episodes. Big comic enthusiast. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, yeah, it was just kind of neat. Little question. Little question that he was. Just a little question no. if he is or not. I don't think, I don't think he knows that much about comics. <laughs> I yeah. think if no, when we do the creator spotlight on Jack Kirby, if he's not on that episode, he will drive from New Jersey well, and, and hit me. Are you going to strangle yeah. him to get on that show? <laughs> wow, there will be a cage match. Well, I think Tom is good at the like you know JSA 101s and stuff. But if you ever do a comics 101 about uh, you know comics, just like every. Every comic? cranny since the dawn of sequential <laughs> storytelling, Dave will probably do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll start Dave, with Dave will probably, probably do it. He knows a few things. We we like we like Dave. He was it was just neat. Uh, like I said, when we first uh, he first emailed us about uh, the show because he's like oh you know and he's like I he was uh, gentle. 
Yeah, well, he had some <laughs> constructive criticism about the show, and and and, uh, but he was like, you know, very uh, concerned because he really likes the show, and then you know that was before we even know you know who he was or whatever, and then we found out, and that was you know just a whole other uh, aspect. But I mean, he's he's a real comic fan. He's you know it's it's pretty obvious. So really I cool. touched uh, much booby during listening to his music <laughs> in high school. <laughs> Well, speaking of um, sweet, well, you owe him for that. Breast, we have listener emails. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, if you ever want to uh, uh, contact the the show, we love listener emails. You can contact us at infoataroundcomics dot com or uh, any of us personally at Tom, Chris, or Sal at aroundcomics dot com. Still no Scotty. Uh, Scotty, Scotty Young Zito. at uh, yeah, uh-huh. Scotty Young at fuck off. No, Scotty <laughs> Young at mac dot com. You can email me there. Oh, Ooh. Wow. and oh. throwing it out the, there now. Mailbox full. Brave. Here's the first listener email. Hello, guys. I've been collecting comics since the late 1970s. I've gone through several methods of tracking and inventorying my collection as it has grown. I've gone from index cards to computer programs, but I'm considering a couple of new methods and want your input. What methods do each of you use to track your collection? I'm looking at www.comicspriceguide.com as a web-based tracking system. The advantage of this access to my collection from any internet-connected computer, as well as up-to-the-minute information about his announcements. The other programs I'm looking at is ComicBase, which has a lot of search features and reporting capabilities and downloadable updates. I will certainly consider other methods if you have suggestions. Love the show. Respectfully, Michael McVeigh. My method is uh, the... Bathroom comics <laughs> or the living room comics? Well, I'm going to give an honest answer instead of one that demeans our listeners. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What <do> you <laughs> Which would be? Yeah. Well, no, I actually use comicspriceguide.com. Uh, for a while, I wanted to get all the DC 100 pages, and because a lot of the covers look similar. Uh, I, they I, have a good feature where you can print your like what you have on what there. Yeah, uh, so like yeah. when I'd go to a convention, I tried using that. As I got like about ninety percent of the way through it, I was always like, well, you know, as the, it, it would cost about like five to ten bucks to get like a decent. Co- I didn't just want to get one and be like, I already have it. That would be sort of wait. What are you getting here? Explain this to me. The nineteen seventies like hundred page DC books that oh. would have all the reprints in them. Mm. They're pretty sweet. I used to have a bunch of them when I was a kid. I, I've so attempted to use it. that program because it is cool because it's free. and, and, it's, and It you does can, suck in a lot of ways, though. Well, too. I mean, it's not perfect, certainly, but uh, I'm just too uh, too lazy. I mean, I've started it and, and like... You can call Scotty and tell him what you have and he'll write it down. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> a pencil. <laughs> he'll with a pencil so I can erase uh, and move every... What I'll do is I'll get lined Scotty, notebook paper. Scotty, do I own this? <laughs> Hold on. Let me check. Yeah, I'll get lined <laughs> notebook paper... I'll write it in pencil. That way, when you call me with a new one, I'll erase everything and, <laughs> and move rewrite. everything down a line <laughs> and rewrite. I, I, it. I just, I no just alphabetize them and put them in books. I don't read really that anymore. Yeah, I just yeah. throw it's, stuff in. Well, I'm the huge nerd. The, the, I, I can't even keep my trades on the <laughs> shelf near the like. Okay, uh, nine. Why the last man trades? They're nowhere fucking near each other on the shelf. <laughs> I got one on one side of the room on uh, one shelf. That would drive me nuts. I mean, I that would drive bad. me nuts. I don't keep track of any new stuff. Like, I'm not logging in, like, the stuff I got this week. But uh, since I buy a lot of old stuff when I see it for cheap, I'll, I will keep track of it with the comics price guide. I have Their done price... the one thing that you talked about, about like, when I'm going to a con and I know I want to yeah. uh, fill something, fill something uh, in or I'm looking for something, I will use comic price guide uh, to... 
put my list down and then yeah. bring that with me so I know, okay, I have these issues. Their but overall, I'm just too, I'm just too friggin' lazy. <laughs> Chris, Chris yeah, says it's all in his brain. I don't know. That's why you owe 10, uh, 25 copies of X Force One. Do I own this one? But I know I own 25 copies of Our next email. Oh, that was from Michael McFay. I already said that. Hey, guys, Cameron here. Stop it. <laughs> hey guys, Cameron here. I'm writing uh, to you guys to let you know how much I enjoy listening to your podcast. I started listening during the iFanboy crossover ha- and have been hooked ever since. Your show is like a mix of iFanboy and Comic Geek Speak, which is the perfect combination for me. I'll find myself laughing out loud while walking to and from school and getting weird looks from people on the bus. Just wanted to say thank you for all the enjoyment you've given me. I almost feel guilty getting this show for free. No wait, scratch that. I feel no guilt in retrospect. Good, because we're going to ask you for money. Yeah. <laughs> that was from Cameron. He also said, P.S., go to sleep. Yeah. Tell those people that give you weird looks to fuck off. Yeah. You love comic books and that you, you should be proud of Just it. wear Scotty, all black. Yeah. And, uh, You're going to be on a iFanboy video. Is it this week? Didn't they talk to you down in uh, in oh. at Heroes? Oh yeah. Oh, I thought that had been online. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you don't pay attention. Yeah. So uh, I'm well, thank you, place, thank, baby. Uh, thank you, Cameron, for uh, for listening, and uh, yeah, we, thanks, we're Cameron. glad that you like the show. And uh, the one thing is, we are like a combination, a mix of those two shows with a bunch of awesome. Yeah. Added in. <laughs> yeah, with the gun show, baby. <laughs> Which totally ripped all of us out. <laughs> It is. It's like a scene from 300 in here. None of us are wearing, yeah, none of us are wearing shirts. <laughs> <laughs> we do push-ups when we're not recording. We're all getting BJs right now because it's so hot. <laughs> all right, and our last email for uh, for this episode says, Hey, guys, I have a question for Scotty. Uh-oh. <gasps> Since he seems to be invading my life. Oh. First, he came to speak at my university and held a phone conference with our animation club. What? And then years later, he starts appearing on Around Comics and the Crankcast, both of which I started listening to around the same time. We need to talk about that. I've been too scared (laughs) to unlock my door for about three weeks. So my question (laughs) is this. Are you stalking me? This podcast is being recorded in your attic. (laughs) Get out of the house. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, you're an excellent addition to the show. I love when you and Tom are just bouncing jokes off each other. And your questions uh, to other creators regarding their art processes are always interesting. Keep up the great work and keep an eye on my Chicago brothers so they don't get in too much trouble. And that's from Keith Cunningham. Because we're just degenerate. Thanks, Keith. Always, uh, always actually, yeah, Keith. it's uh, Edinburgh University, uh, the animation department. They uh, had me out to lecture uh, them Sweet. on how to become awesome. <laughs> and, uh, I, I did it. I explained it to them, and I'm sure a few of them maybe started the, the path to becoming awesome. <laughs> but, uh, no, I had a great time out there, and then uh, a year or two later... Um, they had me on uh, in kind of in the same capacity, but more of just a conference call with a bunch of their top students, and and uh, yeah, it was fun. So uh, and uh, I am stalking you. So uh, <laughs> put the lotion in, in the, the basket. basket. <laughs> you put the lotion on your skin, or yeah. you get the hose again. Yeah. Did you uh, did you wear a, a, like a, a cap and gown while you were there? <laughs> no, I did. I, it is funny because I've done uh, a lot of college lectures across the country, and and. Uh, I always feel weird because I did not uh, go to college. <laughs> so I'm always like, uh, I'm basically going to tell you that you're wasting your time. <laughs> you if you want to do what I want, yeah. And you smoke a pipe. Yeah. I went to the College of Light. Yes. <laughs> I went to the College Any of Light. Any honorary degrees yet? I keep asking people to give me an honorary degree, and uh, they all don't do it. So well. I, I, uh, I 
burn I the fake like down. I'm moving a, f- a couch in my van. I are need you, their help. Are you? And then I put them in a goddamn pit in my basement. Are you going to be knighted at some point? Tuck my penis between my legs and dance in front of the mirror. Sir Scotty Young. Yes, I would. That would be awesome. Sir, that would be the sweetest thing you could ever like. Yeah, <clears throat> fuck the college degree. Yeah, knight I need to get me. knighted. Knighted, that would be the coolest. I yeah. mean, sir, sir. No, yeah, what? You right now, can't. hey, uh, take that beer bottle, touch me on the fucking shoulder. I'm a knight. From now on on the show, it's Sir, sir Scotty. Scotty. <laughs> All right. Well, in S-S- addition yeah, to S-S-Y. contacting the show. Through email, you can leave us a message on our hotline. one eight 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 six five G cast. Give us a call, leave us a message, and we'll probably play it on the show unless I don't want to. <laughs> but that's very rare. Uh, also you can join our friends of the program. Uh, go to aroundcomics.com and you can download and print our LCS challenge flyer. Ask your comic shop manager or owner if they will display it in the store. If they do, send us an email. We'll mention you and the store on the show as well as put a post to their address and whatever else uh, on the site. Become a friend of the program today. Frapper! <laughs> that, that's it. Oh, okay. It just says Frapper to Silent Time. I thought we were going to yell it at the same time. Oh, I think I we have some Frappers uh, that we'll talk about on Thursday. Go to uh, uh, Frapper.com slash Around Comics to Let us know where you man. live. We'll yeah. find you. We'll uh, send <laughs> we'll Scotty talk to, you. <laughs> to put you in a pit. Yeah, to uh, bring Don't my white <laughs> van and, and have you help me move my couch. Don't, Don't, join the frapper, Don't join the Frapper, Keith. Don't join the Frapper. Then I'll do some tranny shit. It'll freak you out. <laughs> uh, and thanks to everybody who left iTunes reviews. It's... Uh, Ingle Lizard. <laughs> uh, this is going to be fun. Like Ingle. Inge Lizard? Inge, whatever, man. Let me do it. <laughs> Ingle Lizard. Uh, David Myers, Cami Knoxville, uh, Inchola, yeah, Ecola, and Jerk from Pod 6. Uh, this is Chris's favorite thing, the iTunes reviews. So it keep uh, keep the doing it. The march to two hundred is just for rawr. every for every uh, iTunes review. Chris gets a semi. So <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's sort of like it uh, takes that. Uh, any Do of it for Marta. History Do it buffs out there. It's sort of that five year plan that the Soviet Union so the Soviet Union always used to have, where it was like in five years we'll have this much, right. and they just killed everyone getting <laughs> that. <laughs> So they killed the rest. Yeah. They only left 500 alive. Yeah, I mean, and it was so like, do it. <laughs> Look it up. Uh, make sure to check out. Good. Make sure to check out aroundcomics.com. Uh, it's your source for the best in comic book news, reviews, and that's not really true. And opinions. We post the next uh, week's topic usually on Tuesdays at our former Around Comics, at all. or not. I think we should just stop saying that because I'm tired of really, a, really a bunch of liars. Yeah, we. Yeah. yeah. Remember, uh, you can also visit us at Comic Space. Uh, slash around comics and MySpace slash around comics. If you're not sick of listening to people talk about comic books, you should go to the Comic Books Comics Podcast Network. You will find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. But they all don't have six packs like we do. <laughs> <laughs> and, Tonight uh, we eat at around comics. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to InStockTrades.com for sponsoring this episode. Waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essential showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more, all at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. Whether you're buying an absolute edition or catching up with showcases and essentials, InStockTrades.com is your new best friend. So lose your old best friend because he's kind of a dweeb. And don't spend all your money there because we would also like you to give money to something else. Yes. Something that's very worthy called the Hero Initiative. <laughs> 
We are proud to help support the Hero Initiative. Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who need emergency medical aid, financial support for essentials of life, and an avenue back into paying work. It's a chance for all of us to give something back to the people who have given us so much enjoyment. For more information, visit www.heroinitiative.org or call 310-909-7809 and tell Santa what you want. Yeah. <laughs> or 773 abs baby. <laughs> Why do I have to thank everyone for joining us today? You know how many ab rollers I've sold in my life? <laughs> Mr. Dave Windor from Monster Magnet. Look for the new record uh, coming out uh, soon in, in the summer or so. October. Does everybody say? Listen to the listen oh. to the oh, guests when they come on, guys. Oh, sorry, uh, Scott Young. When, when is when is your next masterpiece going to hit the shelves? I don't um, know. He doesn't get to promote him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I literally, I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know. I don't ever keep track because I don't. I don't. They'll be out. Yeah, it'll we'll, be out soon. We'll, it'll month, be new X Men. Uh, new X Men. It's taking the place by storm. Anyway. Uh, Tom, uh, next tax return. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it'll probably be on Monday. Scotty, you're ruining new X Men for me. <laughs> Why though? Uh, there's no skateboards. <laughs> oh, shit! I knew I forgot something when they were in limbo. Sal, as always, what, another I Friday night wasted. I don't get to promote something. Yeah. Um, when is the when's new your next kid? When? <laughs> <laughs> never, <laughs> never. When are you having your next kid? Buddy? I'm never. Uh, it's getting clipped. That's <laughs> not happening. Smooth like a Ken doll. Want to thank Mark as always for hosting us here at uh, Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles on the north side of Chicago. Everyone have a fantastic rest of your week and weekend. We'll be back again on Monday with another full-length episode. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in and around comics. Mother, mother. Mother, mother. like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time, and the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same. Bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2007. All rights reserved. Baby, love
love you one more time.